And that's why you should always write a script. What is going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less. From Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. From Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. Yeah, tried to record a YouTube video uh, this morning and uh, flailed, flailed heavily. So I'm going to actually cut all of that video uh, when we're done. Because, huh. uh, you know, the, the donut's got to come out. Got to get made. Yeah. Could be released tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, so we're not streaming again um, for reasons, mm -hmm. but you're still in a kill room. I am. I am. If we were streaming, you'd see the plastic across the wall behind me. Yeah. House is um, plumbing's done. We have one working. Well, done. Quote, quote, air quotes around done. <laughs> um, essentially, the plumbing's roughed in into two bathrooms and one, the third bathroom is fully functional. Um the downstairs bathroom, uh, when they got that open, they found that that was where the leak was. And in fact, the floors rotted out real bad. So they tore the Oops. floor out of that. That bathroom now is a pit down to a dirt. You, you fall two feet through that floor to a dirt crawl space real easy. And so um, we're now looking for new bathtubs around to go in there. Contractor is going to rebuild that floor, and that may be the part that the insurance deals with because it really actually is water damage there. The rest of it, yeah, I'm on my own because it's just wear and tear on the pipes. But um, sure, but we have uh, the plumber is now has handed it off to a contractor. We have a great contractor. We totally love those guys. Um, and um, yeah, yeah, living here now because we have one working toilet. It's a week, week in a day in in, a, in an Airbnb. They didn't sort of didn't tell me like here's the estimate for the plumbing. It doesn't include the $1,300 to live in an Airbnb for a week. And then, oh, by the way, eating out from restaurants all week long. And oh, and also the yeah. contractor to close up the holes we're going to leave. Oh, and you know, it's like all this like, oh, and $600 to board the cats for, you know, like, <laughs> so. Yeah, ma'am. Yeah, it's 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 mounting, but uh, but we'll get through it. It's all fine. It's all good. I have um, a couple of times, like it's been like pe people said, all that going on, you're still going to play your gig tonight? It's like. Hell yes, I'm going to play my... I, yeah, I need to do literally anything. Honest to God, put a guitar around my neck and put me on a stage where I'm in control, right? That sounds Everything else like is chaos, plan. but like, get me where I'm playing music where like, uh, it's my domain. Uh, yeah, for sure. So, yes, I am. I actually have a big weekend. I got um, rehearsal with some new folks on Saturday morning and then a solo gig Saturday night and then a duo gig on Sunday. So, yeah, good, good, big weekend. Very good. Yeah. Uh, I have nothing this week because it is August is a wild month for us because of, uh, birthdays. Uh. So in the next six weeks, um, my son's birthday, my wife's birthday, my mom's birthday, my wife's mom's birthday and my birthday wow. all occur. Okay. So it's a lot. Yeah. And, um, the boys start school uh, next week. Yeah. So there's been a lot of prep for that. Uh, just a lot of stuff. So um, I got offered a couple of things and I was like, no, thank you. Mm. Uh, especially since we spent last weekend uh, on the road. Uh, members only did their first show of 2021. Yeah. You need to debrief that for us. Kingsport, Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so let's do a little let's do a little recap. Yeah. So Kingsport is about four and a half hours from where we are. Um, it was initially a gig that was uh, offered to us years and years ago, and we did it, and it went well. And so we've they've they've liked us, and we've we've come back every time they've asked. Um, 
And so it was perfectly great for us to do our first show back uh, with them. And um, the show itself was a lot of, it was a lot of things uh, all at the same time. So, you know, we, uh, we tried out the new uh, front of house rig. It worked amazingly having RF uh, controlled by much higher powered uh, antennas was like a huge win. Mm. Um, You know, everything sounded as good as it possibly could have. Um, It was the first try with the, um, the Ableton going directly into the X32 via USB that proved to be a little bit of a challenge. Uh, it ended up being my fault for once. I had like, as we were packing things up, I like hit a little button in like the X32 edit that changed the interface from like 16 to 32 channels and it like ruined everything. Oh. And so they spent a couple, uh, 30 minutes trying to chase that down. I was like, wait a second. And literally, you know, what? I felt like, I felt like Beverly D'Angelo in uh, Christmas vacation where she like walked into the kitchen was like, wait a second. And she walked back out into the garage and flipped the switch and then everything started working. Yeah. That was me. And, you know, it's so easy to be like, well, this isn't my problem. These guys, I had two guys chasing it down, you know, the our music director and uh, and Ben. Um, and then I ended up being the one to fix it. And I was like, that was my fault. I'm sorry. Whatever. <laughs> um, and then played the Explorer and I've been talking about the explorer in the, the slack channel that like man having a big guitar like just changes your whole persona and uh that part was fun um you know what an explorer came up in my local gear exchange facebook mm-hmm. group i thought about it i thought about it i did somebody in town here is selling one for a thousand bucks with uh upgraded pickups and um i thought about it it's fun yeah. i like it a whole lot uh, it is going to be my number one for the foreseeable future. Cool. Just cause. Um, now the, the two, the two downsides that we were dealing with was, uh, the weather, the heat was pretty intense, especially with like load in and sound check. Um, in order to keep the laptop that was running the tracks, uh, operational, uh, I ended up buying two more air movers. I now have four nice. of those big old Lascos. Yeah. One of them was literally blowing directly into the laptop <laughs> to keep it from uh, just losing its mind. And yeah. that worked. All that right. was fine. Good. Um, and once the sun kind of went behind the buildings, it cooled off enough. And it was actually okay. Um, the other thing was just the the crowd that came out was, I would say, I don't know, north of 500 people. But they, it was the last show in their downtown concert series after they did a week long event where they had concerts every single night. Hmm. So I would say the audience was uh, nice and appreciative, but not enthusiastic. Gotcha. So uh, we they weren't giving us a whole lot back. Hmm. Um, that was, I think, the only real downside was just like it was we were kind of putting a lot of stuff out into the air and just not getting a whole lot back um it did kind of uh cause me to uh shut shut off a little bit behind my my sunglasses mm-hmm. as the sun was sh- setting is like no one's really paying attention to this or they're not really uh i know they're appreciative i know they're having a good time they're just not like it's literally like you play a song and they're like it's like 500 people just doing that golf clap it was very, yeah. very un. Uh, uh, what is that word? Inspiring. Um, yes, it was uninspiring. Yeah. Uh, but everybody was very nice. We posed for pictures, and we, you know, did all of the post show stuff. And um, 
they just couldn't have been nicer. Uh, I will say, uh, if you were ever in Kingsport, Tennessee, you should check out the Blackheart Salon. They were our uh, hospitality area. Um, they were super nice. They literally have the coolest like hair spot I've ever seen anywhere. It is so cool. Can't wait to do a recap. We just got to get some more footage. Uh, the other thing that didn't happen was I the camera footage and the audio that I was trying to record never materialized. Mm. It like catastrophic failure. Anyway, um, but yeah, I was going to be back. And uh, we've got uh, a show. Members of got a show in two weeks. Uh, it is an indoor event, which is kind of sketchy with the current situation. Right. Uh, the event coordinators have now uh, said that the uh, event is mask mandatory. Okay. So that will help a little bit. And then um, the other thing that's happening that I am currently up to my eyeballs in is that Warped, the pop punk emo project, uh, plays their first show ever uh next friday and it's about to sell out wow and that's a lot to process <laughs> as something as a person who's like a very uh intense perfectionist in knowing that we're going to go out there completely uh green in front of a very very large group of people uh also and you're opening for somebody yes yeah, so we're opening for uh two different tributes that are touring uh-huh. it's it's a uh it's a band out of New York called uh, the Dude Ranch, which is a uh, Blink-182 tribute, and then a band out of Baltimore called the Great Heights that are doing a Weezer tribute. So they're they're actually like an original band, but they're doing this with this particular band as a Weezer tribute. So cool. it's like, they're like moonlighting, uh, basically. Um, and like they're the... The lead singer of the Dude Ranch is like a blue check, like actual legit, like famous person. All right. He's a Broadway guy and like, you know, everybody seems to be game. We've been in contact and like it, you know, provided everything goes the way that it's supposed to. It should be a great show. Cool. Uh, the guys minus me, because again, birthdays and stuff, uh, got together last night and said everything worked out. And so we've got one rehearsal here uh, in the space and then our show is on Friday and we'll just see what happens. All right. Very cool. So, yeah, now you're all caught up. All that's, caught that's up. where we're at. All right. Good. So do you want to talk about your thing? Yeah. And then, actually, no, no, no. Let's let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Fine. So uh, we've got a review, and oh. actually, this is going to be a a bit of a uh, we're we're focusing pretty intently on a particular member of our audience uh, because he has really jumped in to our world with both feet, and we want to uh, encourage and uh, incentivize that kind of thing. So this is a review that uh, came in via Apple Podcasts on the thirty first. Uh, Rob Sharp 72 five stars. Sweet. Great, a great resource. Whether you need to be challenged, need direction, encouragement, or a different perspective, this podcast is a great resource for the working musician. Dan and Adam approach the content with a wealth of professional experience, but also a sense of humor, humility, and an openness to others' perspectives. Glad they are developing a generous and positive community of cover bands and musicians. Rob Shark of the Jukebox Boomers. Nice. Thank you, Rob, for your review. If you would like to be featured on the show, you can also leave a review on the podcast platform of your choice or on Facebook. You can leave them there. Sure. Also on our Facebook page yeah. if you wanted to do that. Um, and actually, the meat of the conversation uh, is also compliments of Rob because he's just really been uh, an active guy in our uh, in our little world as of as of recent. So, uh, big thanks to rob and his contributions to the group and the uh, community as a whole yes indeed 
Hey, let's talk about the community as a whole. Yeah. Can we do that? Please. Um, this week, some stuff has gone down in our small little world uh, that we decided to uh, get involved with a little bit and uh, just wanted to kind of mention it uh, in, in passing. So our buddy uh, Steve Witchell uh, from Cover Band Central uh, ended up getting really sick with COVID yeah. and has been in the ICU for like about a week days now. Days and days and days, yeah. yeah. And, and not, there's like release date TBA, like it's unclear yeah. when they'll turn it loose. So um, a couple of days ago, he had said, um, you know, I really want to go home and it's very lonely here and I no one has sent me balloons. There are no balloons in my room is I think yeah. what it said. Yeah. So uh, I hopped into, again, the, the Slack channel. I was like, hey, uh, and also into the Facebook group. And I was like, hey, um, Steve needs balloons. Uh, here's the link to our PayPal. Uh, let's see what we can do. And uh, a number of people, including Dave Hamilton from GigGab, uh, threw some money into the pot and we ended up <laughs> giving, uh, getting about, I don't know, it was, it was almost $150 worth of balloons. It's amazing. Over to Steve. Yeah. And, uh, he sent me a message, uh, that afternoon and said, thank you very much for sending those. Um, it does appear that, uh, he, if things go well tonight, uh, he may be discharged tomorrow, Great. but he's got a very long road ahead of him. Yeah. Um, with the COVID diagnosis, uh, he had, um, a significant amount of blood clots in his lungs, uh, which means that he's got a lot of uh, rehab ahead of him. So, um, you know, we did a, a, a good gesture by uh, giving him some balloons, but he really needs some uh, financial assistance as well. And there is a GoFundMe uh, set up. So if you uh, can do anything uh, and contribute to uh, Steve and all of the good stuff that he has provided us and other guys like us, uh, we'll provide a link to the GoFundMe in the show notes. He really has been a champion for what we're all doing out here. And, and he's one of those guys who I always look at and think, you know, that's the dream that, that, that he, you know, he lives, lives off of his music career. Um, yep. but you know, something like this happens and it's hard, hard to, hard to go on with that. So yeah, let's all just jump in there and just show Steve's, yep. you know, a bunch of love. He was featured on the, uh, the local news and basically was like, uh, get vaccinated yeah, period. Right. I didn't, this is terrible. Don't do this. Yeah. Get vaccinated. That yeah. was his message. So anyway, get well soon, Steve. And, um, you know, thanks to all of the people who, uh, contributed to his fund for the balloons. And if you can, um, give him some money as well. Yep. Anywho. Okay. Now let's go back to what we were, what we were talking about. Before. Yeah. You had a fun story you wanted to talk about. I did. So, I've been doing a lot of solo acoustic stuff, uh, the trivia and, uh, and some solo acoustic shows and stuff. And I just realized like I'm leaving, I'm leaving opportunity on the table by not having Dan Ray merch. Yeah. Do you have Adam Johnson merch? I don't. Um, I don't really, I haven't invested in that as of yet. Well, I had to confront the egotism of it. Yeah. I kind of had to get over something to have Dan Ray merch. Um, and I'm now ready. I have, I have, you know, I, um, for those of you who are longtime listeners know that I, um, invested in a, in a heat press and so I can buy blank shirts and get heat transfers and design a heat transfer. And I have a company that can take my design and turn it into something that a shirt press can turn into a finished product. So I'm now ready to make those. I haven't started making them yet, but I I do have, and uh, nobody can see this because we're not live streaming, but I have stickers, Dan Ray, Live music yes. stickers with my big red R logo, and um, so a little story to tell about how it, the 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 marketing move that I made and the outcome of it. I yeah. 
ordered these stickers from a company called Sticker Mule that I've used for a really long time. Yes. Really like Sticker Mule. And um, the, what's it's one of the cool things about Sticker Mule is you place your first order with them, and then they start dropping these emails like, hey, here's a special 100, 100 die cut stickers for 20 bucks. You know, and so you end up with like this accumulation of different formats of stickers and different yeah. things, um, roll, you know, roll labels and all kinds of stuff that doesn't cost very much. But so this was my first purchase as Dan Ray, Dan Ray music on this. And I bought, um, enough to get to a hundred dollars because the incentive they have for, for that is this hot sauce that they've invented mule sauce. Nobody's okay. streaming this, but Adam can see I'm holding it up. All right. Yes. Right here, mule sauce. And so I, I did buy enough stickers to get to hundred dollars to get a free bottle of mule sauce. And it's good stuff. If you like heat, it's, it's very spicy, but, uh, but, uh, but I like that. So free hot sauce. I got three little zip, uh, shrink wrapped packets of mm -hmm. stickers. And I took one of them and I opened it up and I put it in a tin and I took it to my show last night and I sat it on the corner of the stage next to my tip hat and I chummed my tip hat with $2 cause I always do. Yes. And at the announcements part of the show where I have people sign up for my mailing list and I just at one part in the show, I just stop and do a bunch of marketing. And I said to the people there for my trivia show, all right, look, I'm getting into, I'm just, I'm experimenting here and getting into Dan Ray merch. And the whole room was like, oh, where can we buy it? Oh, yeah. Like there was like reaction from the room. I said, well, here's what I have tonight. I have stickers. And again, the whole room's like, ah, stickers. I said, here's the deal with the stickers. They're free. And they're right here next to the tip hat. They're free. And they're next to the tip hat. Right? Free. They're free. And they're next to the tip hat. Where? How much do they cost? And the whole room said, free. And I said, where are they? They said, next to the tip hat. And like, they're clear. Like, it's, uh, it's you know, they're free. Yes, that is a that is a uh, commerce-focused, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. comment. Yeah, they're free. And they're here next to the tip hat. Um. So $100 worth of stickers, of which I took a third there, and there are still some left, um, got spent last night, and I walked out with $121 in tips. Ooh. Right? So that was like a stack of cash essentially there. $33 of stickers mm -hmm. became $122 and a bottle of hot sauce. There you go. And uh, that's a it's pretty a good trade. It's a weird algebra equation. Yeah, but... it's a pretty good trade for, for a night of playing music. <laughs> Anyway, sure. um, I recommend, I recommend that, you know, there's, there's like, um, I, I sort of hadn't realized the opportunity I was leaving on the table by thinking, oh, I'm just Dan Ray. What do I need? Dan Ray. I'm just going to wear a Dan Ray shirt. Come on. But you know what? They totally will. And I'm going to do it. So yeah. I, you know, I struggle with that a little bit because of all the other merchandise I, yeah. I, I generate, yeah. you know, between the eighties bands merch and the podcast merch and the other stuff, like what is Adam Johnson merch? Like what would it be? And who would buy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm definitely excited about the the warp show because I'm definitely wearing my defend dad band shirt. Excellent. Like it's have to. It, yeah, it's a done deal. Have to. So yeah, uh, I think it's I think it's great. Yeah. You know, um, I was getting a little uh, impulsive towards the end of last week before our show. I almost threw uh, a fair amount of money into uh, a retractable uh sign with a qr code yeah uh cooler heads prevailed in that one i did end up uh getting a new uh drum head for uh nathan our drummer's drum kit with the new mtv logo cool um which looks great and uh he put it on his brand new kit and his brand new kit looks and sounds awesome 
So uh, very happy about that. Um, Warped may end up getting one at some point, but not right now. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe the retractable sign gets done before the 80s prom, yeah. which is the next show that we have. Yeah. The main thing being with that one is that it's a reschedule of a reschedule. It was we were paid in 2019 for a show in 2020 that never happened. Wow. That we are now honoring in 2021. Right. So one of the one of the incentives of doing the QR landing page for members only is that we would include a, our PayPal link in it. Sure. Um, so we can make a little bit of something off of this gig. Yeah. Because uh, we we're definitely not uh, at, at, for the time being. Was, so. Yeah, that pay was spent long ago. It was. Yeah. I had to like remind our bass players, like, so what is the pay for the shows? Like, you already got it. <laughs> yeah. Here's the receipt. Yeah. And he's like, oh crap, you're right. So, yeah, good stuff. Yes. So yes, I think, but yes, I think some reflection on you know what my value and branding is is you know in the near future. Yeah. Once I can get around the other side of it. Right. Okay. Okay. Ready to have a combo? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So. Like we had said earlier, our buddy Rob Sharp, who has literally been all through our channels the past couple of weeks, um, dropped a uh, a question wait, in the wait, wait. Facebook has he, group. Has he been all up in our business? A little bit. Uh-huh. Like he was in. He he's been commenting on uh, on the YouTube stuff. He's posted multiple things in the uh, in the Facebook group. Yeah. He left a five star review. Like he's doing. He like he's doing all the things. Love it. He's being like he's like teacher's pet of like. <laughs> The podcast audience, and All I'm right. totally here for it. Podcaster's pet. But he posted a question. Um, I th- I think it was it may have been earlier today or yesterday that I thought was like a fantastic conversation to have, and uh, I think it is something that uh, I can definitely relate to, mm. and hopefully something that we can all help uh, Rob with. So his question starts with the subject dynamic stage presence. Mm. It says, "Okay, I'm a drummer who has played a lot." who's played in a lot of different scenarios, uh, mostly churches and jazz, subbed in a lot of styles. Always say the approach of the professional, put the players first. Solid time, groove, feel, and creative when it presents itself, but above all, makes the front line look good and doesn't draw attention to himself. He's all He says he's also an introvert. So basically he's like, I am a hired gun. My job is to play the parts the way that they're supposed to be played and not necessarily be uh, the center of attention. Let other people do that as I'm being pulled in. That is his perspective. Okay. I see the look in your face. Yeah. We'll just, we're, we're still yeah, moving. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I am a member of a cover band now, uh, that cover band being called the Jukebox Boomers. I want to make sure that we give them a, a solid shout out. Yeah. And I know all the things I need to work on to musically push myself in the band, but realize I am boring, all caps to watch. It's all about economy of motion. That is his. That's what he's saying. Totally admire guys like Casey Cooper, uh, Cooper drummer, who uh, I did that fun uh, collab with back in the earlier this year, uh, who can really put on a show. The joy they bring to the song is awesome. And the energy adds so much. So he sees the value in it. My question is, after over 30 years of playing, is there value to trying to become that kind of player? Or am I better off just continuing to improve musically and driving the band hard in my own way? So I think he provided a a fantastic um, foundation of where he's coming from and what he kind of his kind of mindset around it being. But I feel like he also 
asked the question in a very like, I'm going to say emotionally intelligent way. Yeah. Like he kind of understands like both sides of the argument. But I think, you know, the main question is, is there, after 30 years of playing, is there value to trying to become that kind of player? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? So listen, my initial gut answer is yes. Yeah. But. Okay. Um, I saw Fleetwood Mac's last tour. There's this there's this phenomenon in the world called John McVie. Yes. Right? The bassist for Fleetwood Mac, who stands there and just holds down the bass line. And he provides so much value to the band by doing that. And like literally, unless somebody turns around and says, Oh, and there's the other member you're unaware of. You're unaware of him. Yeah. He's the Mac in Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. And um uh as a front person, I want I want my contribution to be the right one. But the fact is, somebody who can be a backline and just freaking provide is unbelievable. So I think the question is not really is there is there value is there value in trying to become that kind of player? I think we need to unpack what that kind of player is and the conversations of it, you know, ultimately you and I are going to end up talking about how you'd work to, you know, that's all in the future to answer the question. Is there value? Yeah. Yeah. But there's also value staying where you are. I don't think there's any right way you have to do this. That's fair. Yeah. You know, I would say, um, for every, you know, John McVie, there's a Mick Fleetwood. For, for sure. And as as a as a prominent and um uh crowd engaged drummer, he's a great model. Yeah. Um and in yeah, you know, John McVie's place works because uh he is in a group with a lot of other every other member very, of that band is a front person, including the one yeah, on the drums. I, I don't know. Christine, who I'm sorry, I'm I feel like as far as Fleetwood Mac people go, there's there's Team Stevie and there's Team Christine. Yes. I am Team Christine, one hundred percent. We've established this. She, yeah, she is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, uh, but yeah, she's kind of like that too. She's she's kind of demure and she's like she she. I will let them mm. do that. Yeah, I don't need to do that right. because what I am doing is equally as important and engaging, but in a very specific and different way. And it's totally true. This feels like it is just evolving into a very heated conversation about how we feel about Fleetwood Mac. I know. I know. And it's not that. What it is is about um, this phenomenon called crowd engagement and and uh, visual performance and, and, and yeah. all of that. Um, I think so. But, but, but the bottom line, I think, is we have – we can all point to plenty of examples of people who do both, including yep. nominal front people, right? Like um, – mm-hmm. There are plenty of people who like just kind of stare at their shoes as they play in the front and and it's fine. You know, Kurt Cobain was not like a jumping around, getting your attention guy. Yep. Um, uh, you know, thinking about that, uh, you got like a Liam Gallagher who is, yeah. who is just behind the microphone, yeah. hands behind his back, yeah. engaging in his own way, Yeah, but still engaging. Yes. You know, uh, Chris Martin behind a piano is engaging in his own way. Right. Not necessarily moving around. No. And he's very, um, 
something about his performance is it draws you into him. He if the feeling for him is he's not coming out to you. You're 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 yeah. pulled into him, which is yeah. A he's very got a dis- bit of a magnetism. Yeah, he's very got distinct kind of feel to his his yeah. performance style. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I ever told you this, but when I was working for Apple, I worked. I was there when Steve Jobs passed away, mm. and when uh, they did his like ceremony, his you know celebration of life ceremony on the Apple campus, uh, they shut all the stores down and they live streamed it. And uh, Chris Martin and Coldplay played mm. at that event. Wow! And so it was like seeing you know Chris Martin like by himself like doing this thing was very powerful. Yeah. So yeah, but he was also like funny and so, like he's like. The first time I ever played this song uh, for Steve, he told me it was shit. And then he played Yellow. Just amazing. Yeah. But yeah, so, you know, I think the first place you want to start is you want to look at the people around you and what are they doing? And, you know, just like... We've talked about stagecraft before. We've talked about uh, positioning and, you know, uh, the actual like blocking kind of thing where like your job is to kind of fill the holes when somebody, you know, vacates their their spot. You're, you know, you're going to go and kind of fill that spot. So, you know, for Rob, the first thing I would say is look at what the rest of your crew is doing and is it is it sufficient? Is it enough to get the crowd engaged? And if it isn't, what can, what can you contribute to fill that gap? You know, that'd be the first thing I would, I would, I would think about. If nobody in the band is being that engaging person, somebody needs to be, and it could be you. Yes. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be the absolute focus, Yep. but it does mean that when, uh, when it is appropriate, you should draw focus towards yourself when appropriate. Yeah. So this is something that I struggle with a lot because I, I would also consider myself an introvert. And for me, going and being the front person of a group um, requires a lot of energy. Mm. But it's also something that gives me energy. So it's it's this weird kind of push-pull kind of thing. And finding the um I don't know, the reservoir that I kind of pull from to to do that job uh has taken some time to kind of like dial in. Yeah. Now you you, you have said, you know, multiple times this is that's not something you even like it's not something you even have to consider. You're you are very much an outgoing person and it's just kind of a manifestation of your personality to a degree. I mean, in terms of the energy that it takes, but, but that doesn't mean that, um, stagecraft and stage presence is something that comes naturally to anybody. I, I don't, I don't think sure. it is, you know, it's hours and hours and hours and hours and hours on stages. Hours. That may be comfortable there and able to just banter with a crowd and, yep. you know, be, be comfortable in my own skin there. It's just, it's just a matter of time doing it. Um, yeah. I don't know if there's any other way to build that. Yeah. So, and so I think we've kind of, waxed poetic about the the concepts behind it but let's 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 get down to brass tacks okay you know let's let's see here so i i, I do have a i do have a concept that's pretty woo woo that i'd like to lay okay on all right well let's 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 lay let's let's lay a big metaphoric blanket down and then we can you know okay. get into the nitty-gritty because i've been aware of this in my own performance lately mm-hmm. um there's a question you might choose to ask yourself that doesn't make any sense 
And the question okay. is, where are you? Okay. Whoa. Where is this thing you call you located? All right. Is it where your body is? That'd be a sensible answer. Okay. Maybe. Right. Is it where your mind is? And then your body's some extension of that. Also a sensible answer. I've been feeling lately as I'm playing music that where, where I am, where the me that I mean when I say me exists is in the whole room. So you are the room. Yeah. And when I'm there, I take up the room. Okay. All right. Uh, what does that mean? Is that true? Is there any sense of, does that, does that make sense at all? Nope, not at all. But if when I'm on stage where I exist is this whole space, then nothing that's going to come out of that isn't also me. There's nothing that's going to throw me because it's also me, right? Mm. I'm, I am, uh, there's no part of this experience of playing here that's bigger than me and that I need to be intimidated by because I am all of this. I need you to like write this down and then like say it over like a very like soothing like yeah. spa. Yeah, I soundtrack. told you it was woo woo. I told you it was like and I'll listen I'll listen to that before I go on yeah. stage. Yeah. Because it really is like, you know, how am I gonna get myself big enough to do this? Was a question I used to ask. Like when I when I was when I was early in this, like how do I yeah. I'm just this little guy. Like how do I I'm gonna go on stage and put on some show. I don't do that anymore. I walk on stage and I'm the I'm I am the show. Where I am is yeah. the show. And, uh, and I'm setting the tone and I am the environment in which the show happens. Um, makes no sense. <laughs> There's no logical way to log logic yourself there. Right. But if you can kind of work on a magic, it's, it is, a, is it is a game of imagination, right? Imagine, imagine first that you are, you exist where you are in your, where your body is. And then imagine that you exist in a, a circle three feet around you. And then imagine that where you are is the whole stage. And then imagine that where you are is the whole stage plus the first five rows. Right. And then build your sort of capacity to be a space until you are the whole venue. Um, I don't know if that communicates in the slightest, but it is a, it is an experiment I've been, I've been kind of going through that's, that's made a real difference in terms of like being able to just stand up and on the spot deliver and not have to get myself yeah. anywhere. Yeah, you know, it's 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 interesting, especially um, as a singer, because I feel like being a vocalist is like being a pitcher. It's it's very much a, a, a the game occurs in your head yeah. more than more than it does in the you know the mechanics of what it is you're doing. Yeah. So I definitely get that part. Yeah. Uh, and that you know by kind of embodying that mentality, that it does make uh, the performance. Uh, easier to, to execute yeah. and, you know, harder to talk yourself out of. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I think that that is a, a, a fascinating kind of mindset to, uh, to consider when, you know, getting out there and doing that. So that being said, I'd be interested to hear if people think that I'm insane or if that's something that, um, if you kind of bring that mindset to the stage, it makes, it makes a difference. I'd be very interested yeah. in feedback about that. For sure. Hit us up. Coverbandconfidential@gmail.com. Um, and then there's some practical stuff, right? Yeah, let's talk let's talk practical yeah. things. So 
you know, our our boy Rob is sitting behind the kit. Mm-hmm. So he's got he's got some limitations there. Yeah. You know, provided he isn't in Motley Crue. Um <laughs> right. You know, he you know, we don't have the the crucify or the, you know, giant rotating fire spewing. Yeah. You know, drum riser. And if not, why not? You should I mean, I mean clearly, if you if you have the means that's obviously by all your means, next investment, no question. For sure. So you know, in in members only, Nathan Weaver is our drummer, and he is a an immensely talented guy. Uh, but I would say he kind of falls into the same kind of category that Rob does. Uh, he's not necessarily a flashy player, and doing this particular gig has been a a challenge in the performance part. Mm. Um, the things that have worked for Nathan, I think, would work for Rob also. Um, and it's what Nathan has done really well is find ways, find opportunities to uh, line up with what the front line's doing. Yeah. So there's there are certain parts like a good example of uh, of this is that we have uh, we do Shadows of the Night by Pat Benatar, nice. and the verse of that you're playing these big diamonds like just big open chords like literally one every two measures, uh, and when we do that we do like the big like you know, rotating Windmill. arm thing yeah. as we're strumming yeah, them. Yeah. Uh, and and he does the same thing because the drums not, aren't doing anything either. So it's like this big unifying moment nice. that he participates in. Uh, during the solo break of Walk Like an Egyptian, Amber and I do this like walking strut thing where we're walking up, you know, stage right, stage left. And as we're doing that, he kind of leans in the direction that we're walking nice. as the as they go All by. Right. So just little things like that. And I've said it a number of times that like wearing sunglasses is a thing that works for a lot of people because yeah. it gives you, if not a physical, a psychological barrier between, you know, what, where you are and where the audience is yeah. and can sometimes give you, uh, the leeway or the permission latitude to, uh, do things that you wouldn't normally do as a, as, as you, you know? So that's, you know, that's been one thing, but like as a drummer, there's, there's also like little things you can, if you can twirl your sticks, twirl your sticks when you can do it. Not necessarily like during the song, like not like drummer at the wrong gig style. You oh, know. I love him. Oh yeah. No, he's great. Yeah. But it could be, you could, you could take those sticks and you could point at the audience, totally. you know, you, you can engage in those kinds of ways. You know, the, the drummers that I love are the ones that do like the magic trick face. Like everything they do is amazing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that's fun. Yeah, I love that. Is that. that is good. I'll do magic trick face every every once in a while when I'm doing something like not difficult, yeah. like obnoxiously so. Yeah. I feel like a lot of my stage persona is just me being ironic. Yeah. Like playing into the tropes, but like doing it in a way that like makes makes you aware that like I know it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, it works for a period tribute in particular, right? Like is it's there's something inherently kind of borderline cheesy about it. That's like, yeah. Yeah. Like I get, th- like I get this, you get this, we're all in the joke together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and speaking of that, I think that, I think that one of the things that all performers want to do, um, if you're going to be that kind of performer, who's, you know, engaging and, you know, kind of out with the crowd is, is to, um, to react to stuff. So keep your eyes out on the crowd and then, um, 
you know, if somebody makes some noise, like, uh, have it be a, have it be a thing you react to. And the crowd sees that and sees that there's engagement back and forth and it, it builds a certain rapport that's, um, you know, fundamentally what we're, what we're all about. Um, yeah. it's very different from, from having your head down in your work and playing yeah. the drums. Well, um, yeah. don't not play the drums well for sure, but also you can be out there and, and looking for things to react to uh, some of the, some of the most fun moments I've ever had on stage were like something happened that, um, just looked funny and I laughed about it and pretty mm-hmm. soon the whole crowd's with me about it. And, um, it doesn't take anything in particular. I, I, I'm not clever. <laughs> like, yeah. It wasn't some moment I planned. I just reacted spontaneously to something that's happened spontaneously in the room. Um, well, I would say one thing to be uh, mindful of is that you feel free to do those things as long as you're not doing it at the, at the expense of someone in oh, particular. Always, always that, be, yeah, always be honoring of people in that space. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What, you know, when I was early on in doing kind of private events, we had a, I was playing a private uh, a party and somebody had too many Chardonnays and fell. Uh. And I just involuntarily like pointed at like, oh, like that person just fell. And like the other guy who was standing next to me was like, yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Don't draw attention to that. Part. Right. Like draw attention to other things. Don't draw attention to, you know, to bad things. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's, you know, if people are fighting, you you know you draw attention to that. Like, hey, you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. But like, otherwise, like if people are doing things and it's embarrassing or hurtful or whatever, just smooth just, that over. Yep, that's part of it. Yeah, have fun and have fun with the people around you. Just don't have fun at other someone else's expense. Right. Right. Bad karma. Yep. Any other you know practical suggestions for our, our buddy Rob here? I think. Uh... I think if you choose to build this skill set, you should understand that it's a long process. Yep. And you should give yourself some some grace to have it not go well at first. Yeah. Well, and 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 be willing to try things and and don't be don't feel weird if it doesn't come naturally. Yeah. Cuz it's not going no, to. No, 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 it's it's and the first yeah, the first stab at it is going to feel really awkward. Super weird. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, here's the thing. Here's the thing to keep an eye out for as you get a little bit down the path is mm-hmm. that something will work one time and mm-hmm. then you'll find that you are trying to do it every time and you still love it even when it doesn't work anymore. So, um, as 38 Special says, hold on loosely to those yeah. moments that are great, you know, see if you can replicate them, but like, don't have it be a shtick that then is what you do. Right. Yeah. Well, and you know, he had said something about economy of motion and I, I can, Oh, drummers are all I about can that. say that's a drumming term. Right. Yeah. And, and, and there's something to be said about that, you know, especially the, you know, as, as we, I don't, I hate to say this, but as we age, yeah. um, economy of motion is important because you know you do have to maintain the stamina to do the thing that we kind of do sure. uh, without wearing yourself out. That being said, there are ways of making things look like you are not mm. executing economy of motion when you still are. So you can make it look like you're you're hitting something a certain way. Yeah. Uh, when you're still hitting it at the intensity that you normally do. Right. Uh, and there are ways that you can make it look like you are 
you know, digging into something when you're not. Right. Uh, you know, it it's acting. It's acting. And and you, by definition, uh, being in a cover band, are an entertainer. You're in the entertainment industry, and it is your job to entertain. Yeah. And if uh, that means you're playing a character, then you're playing a character. And that's fine. Yeah. No, that's it the gig. It is fine for you. That's the yeah. gig. And in in you know for especially for people who you know introverts or people who don't necessarily have the self confidence to do things on their own, uh, pretending to be somebody else can be uh, rather freeing. Uh, actually, if you listen to a lot of these behind the musics, the problem is is that these people uh, put on these personas and then they can't figure out how to get out of right. them. And that's where the problem yeah. you know really gets. Yeah. So as long as you can do that without you know resorting to uh, chemicals. <laughs> Or uh, or substance abuse, yeah. you should be able to uh, pull that character out on stage, uh, use them uh, for their functionality, and then put them away when you are done. Please, that, but that's part of the value of your sunglasses, right? It's like a yeah. a really easy way to slip into character when you like yep. you're a little bit hidden, and you can just put on whatever that character is. Yeah, you know, for me, I think there's a the aloofness is a part of that. Mm-hmm. You can kind of be a little bit distant. Um, and for me, that works to a certain degree. It kind of appeals to the my sense of humor and the kind of way I engage with people. Yeah. Um, that that works for me. Uh, it, it may not work for everybody, but that has been um, something that uh, has been effective Um for that kind of stuff. And now this, this new warped thing is, is very much, it's going to be, it's a very DIY kind of, uh, connection deal. So that is a, is a a set of muscles I haven't used in about, I would say 15 years. And as a, as a front person, that means lots of big eyes, lots of eye contact, Mm. lots of like looking at people in their faces and like engaging with them and pointing at them directly. It's very, it is a lot more intimate than something that I am accustomed to, yeah. uh, and it is going to take some adjusting. That's good. But I've already kind of like, I'm trying to mentally prepare myself for that kind of adjustment. Yeah. Awesome. Might have to put some some eye makeup on, you know, to draw attention to them. There you, you go. Know. Definitely some concealer, because man, these uh these bags aren't uh aren't gonna unpack themselves. Uh, I don't have a. It's true. Well, Rob, I hope that is uh, that was helpful information. A little esoteric, a little practical. I feel like we covered all the bases there. Yeah. But yeah, um, this is something that I think everybody at one time or another kind of wrestles with and tries to kind of find their way. And there, there is a lot of leeway between a Charlie Watts and a drummer at the wrong gig. Yeah. There, that is a that is quite the spectrum, and in between are lots and lots and lots of variations. So uh, it doesn't mean you have to embody one or the other, but you can find a way to make that and make it feel authentic to you. The, the, thank you for saying that. That that's kind of my parting shot on this because as much as we said it's a character you're going to put on and you got to do some crazy you know voodoo mind trick that I started with. Um, ultimately, you'll find yourself. Mm-hmm. Right, it's it's your own expression. You just may not be familiar with it yet. 
Yep. And, and finding that is like this amazing kind of adventure to go on. I'm actually for sure, you know, pretty, pretty jealous of what's ahead of you. If you're going to take this on, it's going to be awkward and weird and amazing. And so, yeah, it's all great. You know what? It's a lot like starting a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Or a YouTube channel. That's true. I'm still trying to figure out who I am on YouTube. Yeah. Getting closer every day. Yeah. Yeah. And some days you, some days you hit it. Some days you miss it. That's the deal. Today was one of those days. I did not, I did not hit it. <laughs> gotcha. Well. All right, guys. I think, I think that's it. Yeah, I think so too. We, uh, we, we, we talked about Tales of Adventure. This is like a, like probably the first like full blown episode we've had in a little while that wasn't, you know, where we had, uh, some great input from the, uh, from the community yeah. that we were able to, you know, shed some light on. Totally. Good stuff. Uh, ladies and gents, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we really appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, there's lots of ways that you can support us, but we're going to let our boy and uh, patron Adam Moskowitz take it from here. So thanks again for tuning in. I uh, hope you guys have a great week out in the clubs or uh, wherever it is you may be, but I'll go ahead and call it for this week. In Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. You have been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast for the week of August 6th, 2021. Have a great week. And that's how you rock more and suck less. Hey, listener, this is Adam Moskowitz of the Van Band out of South Florida. Yes, another Adam. Adams are taking over the cover band scene. Get used to it. Sorry, Dan. On behalf of Cover Band Confidential, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Now, I know you want to support this cast, so this is how you do it. You subscribe, you leave a five-star review, you share this episode with your musician friends, and you throw a screenshot on your story. And you go ahead and you follow the podcast on all their socials. You got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all of them. These gentlemen, Adam Johnson of Members Only and Dan Ray of the Clinky Lincolns, have graciously given us vast amounts of great content. So as a thank you, go ahead and send them some green energy on their Patreon page. For real, send them some digital coins. And when you do that, you'll get access to the Slack back channel, which is just musicians and band leaders chatting about the craft of being in a performing cover band. Who wins? The losses. The behind the scenes goodness. If you play at least once a month for money, all I'm saying is break off a few bucks for your favorite podcast that you always listen to. Any questions, comments, hit up the Facebook group, send a text or voicemail to their hotline. That's 404-491-0910. You can also email coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. If you'd like, you can find my band on Instagram, Facebook, at VAMBAND. That's V-A-M BAND. Do it. Seriously, I want to see that CBC bump. Or you can find everything you need at VAMBAND.com. We started in 2019. We play funk, pop, soul, R&B, Motown in Southeast Florida. I play guitar and backup vocals at Adam Moskowitz Music on IG. Also follow the CBC host on IG. That's at Adam Patrick Johnson and at Dan Ray Musician. Or visit coverbandconfidential.com for all the goods. I'm going to go ahead and call it for Adam Moskowitz in Boca Raton, Florida. That was your outro bumper on Cover Band Confidential. Always be performing! (laughs) 